We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Anora Boys in the building, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. LL Nation, Lucky Lefty Podcast is on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that share button. Hit the notification bell. The thumb that goes up, smash it. Help us out. It's because of you guys. We're fat man. We are briskly approaching 4,000 subscribers. On we almost there now. Almost there. It's because of you guys, man. LL Nation. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Audio edibles every day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know where we reside. We reside on CFB Nation, and it's presented by Twisted Twisted. Tea. Yeah. Some bowl left Friday, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, El Paso, Texas. The Notre Dame fighting Irish against the Oregon State Beavers. We're going to hear from Notre Dame players. They talked about Steve Angeli. They talked about the offensive changes and how crazy of a season it was. And what four for 40 means. So we'll hear from some of those players. But we had a real, you know, I wish this is why we're having the Patreon. And this is why we're going to start the Patreon on luckyluffypod.com coming up because Left and I have some of the best conversations pre show. That's right. right? Yeah, that's and, right. And to keep it a buck, sometimes we're like, do we really want to get into this on the show? Because, yo, it's great conversation, but we want to keep everything centered around Notre Dame. So if we can find a way to connect it to Notre Dame, we'll talk about it. But it's like, yo, if we don't, save it for another time. And that's why coming up at the start of the year, Lucky Lefty Pod, Patreon, man, it won't be Nightcap. We have to find a new name for it, but it won't be Nightcap. Yeah, we won't be like Uncle Shannon. It won't be like that, but it will be some very uh, uh, interesting, shall I say, some very interesting uh, conversations. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, today we talked about, I will share this, right? Because will the transfer quarterback end up dirtying up everything to pave the way for the three wise men at Notre Dame? That's what I'm going to call. And this is how we're going to start the show, right? If Notre Dame cannot develop a dude out of Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, and Deuce Knight, We need to have an all-out meeting to figure out what's wrong. Flat out. It it is a huge problem that needs to be discussed if we cannot develop a dude out of those three guys that are going to be in the building. That's a problem, left. And it comes from the conversation we had. Go ahead. Kenny told me that he believes uh, Gino has, has taught him a lot and put him in a good position of growth. And he doesn't feel like Gino's not getting better. So hopefully yeah. that translates to the field now. We get an opportunity where it's kind of wide open until obviously probably Leonard gets more in the picture. But from a perspective where I was telling the kitty, I'm like positionally in the quarterback room, you have everything to the game. Yeah. You got CJ behind you, Deuce behind you. Steve's 50-50 in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think this game changes it. I think he's halfway out the door. So you got the most the most uh, years at the youngest time in your career there to take mm. full advantage. Like there's no job to lose, essentially. So, so discussion. I, this, this left. This is how. Let me let me just throw you the alley. You our discussion pre-show was in a capitalist world, someone has to be crummy more than likely to establish generational wealth. It's hard to find a story of generational wealth in a capitalist market or a capitalist system 
where somebody at the beginning didn't do something crummy to set yeah, somebody up. in your family if you're rich right now and you got some wealth where you just you just always been rich thank whoever was in your family first that was like i gotta i gotta do something not in the rule books to put us on top and it worked so don't think that everything was just you know climbed up the ladder the right way. There was some there's people that in your family that do, but they're eating off of the person that did it wrong. Believe it or not. Yeah, now five, six generations down, it may be clean. Y'all just inheriting all this wealth and greatness and just thinking everything started with y'all. But there was somebody in the beginning that that somebody had to go down. Somebody mm-hmm. had to take the fall. Somebody got robbed. Somebody maybe even had to be taken off. So we have kind of reconciled. We have kind of reconciled left that the crummy is the fact that Notre Dame has had to go to the transfer portal three times as a big-time college football program. That's the crummy part. But hopefully the crummy part, like you said, will lead to generational quarterback play over the next decade for Notre Dame. And I think the only way you do that is a commitment to the transfer. Can't tell me that one year is a commitment to to anything in a program way. Riley Leonard being the one year is not a commitment to what needs to happen at Notre Dame. Riley Leonard being crushed by somebody behind him in that quarterback room playing better or using that as a stepping stone to elevate themselves in that quarterback room, I think sets the tone for what establishes a good quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to get jumped. Somebody got to get taken over because that creates that competitive airness in the room. Ian deflated the room. After Ian got over Brandon with some with some politics that helped, there was no more chasing the guy. There was no more rabbit in the race. Everybody got fat in the room and became co-workers. Wait a minute. I want to make sure I hear what you're saying. Are you saying that the previous regime became comfortable with that type once they won and got to a college football playoff with that type of quarterback? They became comfortable feeling like we can do this or we can duplicate this without going after the big time quarterbacks. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it went from it went from Squid Games in the quarterback room with me, Ev, Brandon, and Deshaun and Tommy Reese and Hendricks to workaholics with a bunch of co-workers that were just happy for each other and friends that, you know, were, were cool with nobody being better than any other. And unfortunately that deflated the expectation of the room where there was nobody to chase. Mm. There was nobody to chase. Ian was just sitting there and Phil had a potential, but Phil's whole thing was a different, you know, a different route. But that could have restarted the room. Somebody got to not be liked in the room. If I was Steve, mm. I would have taken the approach of, I don't like Sam Hartman. <laughs> Break, wait, break that down for the break that down for the fans because I kind of like that. I kind of like that. You said somebody in the room has to be disliked. Yeah, like it happens every year. When my first year, 
in my opinion, it was Tommy, even though it was a little buddy buddies with Hendrix and all that, but they didn't feel like they could overtake Tommy. I felt like I could overtake Tommy. So I didn't like Tommy. But it but it but watch him and, and it made me better and all of that thing. And then, you know, Ev came back and Ev is his own cat, you know, just on and off the field in general. So you're gonna love or hate Ev, which is a great thing for the room, because I loved Ev as a teammate from his unwillingness to uh, not push it to the edge. You know, he was yeah. talented. He he played well. We had kind of similar games. So it was always trying to find the edge over a guy that, you know, he had aspirations himself. He wanted to be best quarterback in the country, all of that stuff too. So that was a good motivation in the room for me and Deshaun and Brandon and all of that. And then we had our years, me and Deshaun, where, you know, we wasn't the best of friends, but it was good for the for the room in terms of it was only two ways it could go. You either going this way or we're mm-hmm. going this way. It can't work both ways. It just that's just not the environment at that position. And then you, you know, so it, it goes through its transition, but through all of that, you get the undefeated season. And then you get four years of Ian with potentials of playoff hopes and champ, you know. So through all of what we went through, you get in and you get a nice four years. But after Ian, it was just back to deflating. You know, I think it worked. I don't think Tyler Bugner took hold of the position well enough because I think he was a great, had a great opportunity to really stop the transfer portal in his tracks. I think Brian Kelly set it up for Tyler to do well. You know what I mean? Uh, And bring in Jack Coney in in the right way, in my opinion, where it was like, okay, Jack, you coming in, but we're playing our room. We we really want our guy to, to jump you. So Regardless mm-hmm. of what you're doing this year, he's getting time to to try to be better. Now you're gonna get your film now, Jack, because you old and we, you know, the whole season don't have to be on a five minute film session, you know. So you're gonna get your time. But listen, if and when Tyler Buckner's ready, it's gonna be his team. And I think, you know, him getting hurt and just never getting over that hump stem this whole transfer thing to happen mm-hmm. because I do think uh, he was in a good position to do that. And then everybody else in the room, I just thought were role players. It wasn't any X factors in that room anymore. Once Tyler left and it still isn't until proven or otherwise, you know, so I do think that there was a, a fat catting of the, of the, of the office once they got their guy in there, but didn't plan for after his fourth, third year. Now, Phil did leave. I think they kind of had the idea of Phil being that push, but they didn't have nothing after that. You know, so I think it's just, they just got a little lazy at that point. That's interesting. That's interesting you say that because most people, have this view of the quarterback rooms on all levels, right? Where, oh man, like even now, it's gonna be great. You know, Kenny, Steve, 
PJ, they can learn from Riley Leonard. And I'm like, I do. I'm that's I don't want that. No, I need I need everybody coming for Riley Leonard's head. Yeah, I just don't think this is the program to buddy buddy in that standpoint. Unless you just know your role where I think Marcus Freeman getting more uh, familiar with the offense side of football should be like, look, Kenny, we got this guy coming in. I need you to know your role as the backup this year and then Mm -hmm. be ready after this year. I think that's a different conversation other than not telling him anything, bringing a guy in and leaving it open to you potentially being the guy. I just think that's running you in a circle. You know, we all grown to a certain extent where we can be told this is the plan or this is not the plan for you because I just don't think it's a point of ruining a kid's career by keeping him on it as an insurance plan. You know, don't have these guys put on the shelf and break in in case of emergency. I just don't think that's fair Um, in the recruitment cycle, especially it being more evened out now that guys can transfer, you know, you see a guy like Malachi Nelson not wasting no time. I don't know mm. if that's spelling Caleb for coming back or Malachi not having a, a, a true vision of what's going on, you know. So that can now, happen. They went, out, they, went out, they went out and got a veteran in the portal. This, you know what my problem is, man? These coaches seem like they're getting lazy. That's what it is, yeah. They think getting the veteran is going to – make it easier that they can win 10 11 games like when did coaching i mean does the contract put the pressure on coaches that much that they would prefer not to do what they what they're asked to do which is coach and develop rather than getting products that have been in the game and you don't have to coach as hard or you don't have to worry about the mistakes that for me is like come on man what are we doing right because at the end, dude, next year, we said it. Notre Dame next year is going to have a first-time start. Not 2024. I'm talking about 2025. Eventually, you can't avoid it. Eventually, you have to coach a young team. Right yeah, now, this coach is in the, in, the, in the Sun Bowl left, they have to coach an inexperienced offensive line, some young running backs, and a first-time starter at quarterback. It, it, it no is what it is. Yeah, they ain't no. fiesta Marcus Freeman at all. And the expectation amongst the Notre Dame fan base is, is to is to bang Oregon State. Yeah, yeah, not even win, to bang on. The man. expectation is the same. It's the same as if none of the players had opted out. Notre Dame fans expect to smack Oregon State. Period. Yeah. Notre Dame is 0-2 against Oregon State in bowl games. They lost to Jonathan Smith, the former head coach, that's now in Michigan State when he was the quarterback. And then they got banged by Anderson, Ocho, and Hushmanzada and that crew in the bowl game. So this is like, yo, some get back. And Jadarian Price talked about that. He's like, yeah, we're we're aware that we're 0-2 against Oregon State in bowl game. Mm. So, like, yeah, for the program, this means something. Like, we need to get rid of that. But the expectations don't change, man. They don't change. So, you know, coaching for me, coaching for me is is starting to take a back seat and it's being impacted by the transfer portal. 
and I don't think people are really talking about because I think coaches are like, man, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with actually developing young players. Let me go get a bunch of veterans. I only think it makes sense if you're a first-time head coach, like you got these guys at Nebraska, Wisconsin, um, Jeff Brom, bringing mm-hmm. guys with them because it's their first year to try and get their footing. I don't think there's an excuse for guys that have been there. You know, that's why I accepted the first time transfer Marcus Freeman's first year. We talked about transition year, all of that. But you you doing it, but you you've been in there now. Mm-hmm. So now the questions come. There's not questions to Jeff Brown about getting the transfer. It's like, dude, you just got there. I I see why you're taking your team with you. There's no questions with Lincoln Riley when he brings Caleb over. But now it's going to be questions after Caleb's gone. Why you keep transferring guys in? Now he can get away with it because he's produced Heisman. Marcus Freeman can't get away with it because of how, what are you going to say? LSU has a problem on their hands. If Garrett Dussmeyer, in my opinion, is supposed to become the starter, and they got lucky because he was already playing before they got there. But I'm sure if he wasn't, I guarantee you Brian Kelly's in that portal. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think it's it's two timelines coming together where you're going to have to make a decision. Can't keep transferring guys in and then you bring in guys like Deuce Knight, CJ Carr. Who's going to win that battle? Because you can always justify a transfer portal over Deuce Knight. You can always justify it, but are you going to pull the trigger before Deuce Knight pulls the trigger and say, I'm out of here? Because Joe Milton just went to the league now, and you know that's, Deuce that's funny. Tennessee. That's, that's funny. Joe Milton opting out is hilarious to me, bro. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious to me, like, bro, stop. Really? Stop. Really? What are you right? Fifth round pick right now? You opting out of the bowl game? So you already know Nico was like Birdman behind the glass doors, like nothing to lose. All right, time to put on a show. The eight million dollar man is on his way, and Josh Heifel was probably good. like, "I'm cool with that." Go, of course, he probably wanted him to go because he holding up Josh Heifel's time as a coach because now he's like, "I got, I got this eight million dollar man sitting here." Joe Milton don't want to leave, and he ain't even playing that great. You know, Joe Milton was supposed to have uh, the success of Jalen Milrow this year. Yeah, it is. uh, John Massey said he isn't that good to opt out. He isn't good enough to opt out. That's that's funny. Should should there be a a college football council that decides whether or not you meet the requirements to opt out of a bowl game? That would be dope. That would be like you have to meet these requirements. In order to opt out well, of a bowl game. If you're well, not before, like second team, third team, all American, or projected well, before, first round picks in the NFL. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Before opting out became a trend, guys only opted out if they, because you usually get your grades from the NFL on what round you predicted. Mm -hmm. If you predicted first round, then you opted out. So what grade did Joe Milton get back? Because it sounds like he ain't listening to them reports. If you're getting a fifth, fourth round grade back, you opting out looks goofy. Mm-hmm. And I know you had to get your, your grade back from the NFL before you decided that. I know you had to. There's no way you didn't get that before you said I opted out. I know Joe Alt probably got his grade was like, yeah, I'm done. Blake Fisher took a chance because he knows that he can rise because of he's a Notre Dame lineman. Yeah. I just seen Aaron Banks, McGlinchey, Ronnie, Zach Martin. I mean, you frequently see those guys every Sunday. So it's like Blake Fisher's relying on a little bit of cachet in a in a mid third second round tier that maybe he'll boost up. That's good stakes, but there's no way Joe Milton got out out of that thinking I'm a first round talent and and decided to opt out. So opting out is corny to me, unless you unless you absolutely need it. But if there was rules, Joe Milton wouldn't be able to qualify. <laughs> Dude, there has to be some baseline, right? Forget the portal, right? The portal needs changes. All right, we can talk about that. But this opt-out is is getting ridiculous. Like, the number of opt-outs, you have dudes opting out for Florida State. Like, okay, Jared Verse, if you want to opt-out, I get it. How is Tate Rodemaker, who was the backup, transferring from Florida State and hopping in the portal, and he's supposed to be starting a bowl game. Like, like, dude, where we're at right now is absolutely comical. And it's funny because the only opt-out from Notre Dame standpoint that you can have a problem with is maybe Maris. Maybe Maris. If you, I think Blake Fisher is going to – I think Blake Fisher is going to go in the first three rounds of the draft. Purely off count. So, too. So – he would meet that threshold. 
if we formed a baseline and a threshold. Uh, Blake, Blake could have gone in the draft last year. He just wasn't eligible. I mean, not Blake, but Joe. He just wasn't eligible. All the other guys that opted out, it's like, or transferred, it's like, I understand why you transferred or I understand why you opted out. Basically. And I think at a school at a school like Notre Dame, it's rare that you're going to get the mayor's thing is rare at Notre Dame. I think that's why it kind of shocked people. Yeah. Because J.D. Bertrand wasn't going to opt out. T.J. Brown isn't about to opt out. No. Cam Hart. Okay, Cam Hart opted out. But Cam Hart, once again, is probably going to get drafted first three rounds. First three rounds, he's probably going to get drafted. And the injury history that Cam has had, if he wants to start to let his body heal from the season and, and ramp up, for the offseason and the testing, okay, we understand that. So it's a very difficult situation. So we're talking about, yo, the transfer quarterback situation and left somebody in leftovers last night flat out. I don't I don't want to use the word lie, but they misrepresented what you said. Because you never said, in my opinion, you never said that Riley Leonard couldn't improve i believe yesterday you literally said mark riley leonard is what one game better than what no, we have in the room people, what is riley leonard how many games better is adding riley leonard compared to what we have in the room already well based upon what you said this morning i'll say this if you truly believe in the track record has shown that it takes normally takes two years to get the full return and investment from a transfer quarterback, right? There have been guys like a Cam Newton that have come in immediately and changed everything. He's not Cam Newton. Come on. Now. Come left, on. I wasn't left. I wasn't saying that. No, Let I, me I, finish, I know not. I'm just saying like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Cam Newton, okay. He's not Cam Newton. But this is this is what I think is unfair in a sense to Sam Hartman and in a sense to Riley Leonard. I agree with your assessment about the two years. But Notre Dame, because of the restrictions, more than likely has to go after one-year guys in the transfer. Or unless they go after a kid that literally did one semester somewhere and they don't have a lot of things that has to transfer over as far as grades and classes. So Malachi Nelson might be a young man that they could go after, but why would they go after Malachi Nelson when they have the three young quarterbacks in tow that they have, right? So let's go get the veteran. It's one year. The return on investment might not be the same as a two-year guy or the two-year guys that have had success, like a Joe Burrow, Jaden Daniels. And I, Anybody I great. But it's unfair. This is my point. It's unfair in a sense to Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard because the expectation is, yo, win the championship. This is Notre Dame. The expectation, the expectation is what it is, right? So Only if they if you're getting a transfer quarterback, it's not so, the expectation getting a running back or these receivers. It's only because the guy that you're getting in is not that much better if at all than what you got in the room so, so what you're basing it off the one year 
You're basing that off the one year, not no, the two I'm, years. Because if you had no, Riley Leonard for two years, you would feel totally who knows, different. Who knows? Who knows? You can make anybody, you know, who knows? Who knows? But that's not the case. And so right. it goes back to Marcus Freeman looking at the hot stove. If the stove is hot, are you going to go touch it? No. If you know the science of a two-year guy, unless he's a generational talent like Cam Newton, which I don't think so, you need two years to really get the most out of it. Okay, that's the that's the standard. Mm -hmm. Okay, you want to you can only do it in one year. Okay, what's the benefit or the return of investment if this is a business that we're getting from Riley on a one year basis? If you're guaranteeing that getting him is giving you a championship, that is the only success that you can get from a one year quarterback transfer. If you're not guaranteeing a championship, what is Riley Leonard's return investment going to be for the quarterback room and for the program on a one-year basis that the guys in our room currently can't do based on the easiest schedule we probably had in the last 10 years? This has nothing to do with Riley Leonard, the person. This has everything to do with a one-year quarterback transfer. Let's keep it objectively. Take Riley Leonard out of it. A one-year quarterback transfer at Notre Dame, if he's not a generational, talented, bona fide, guaranteed, slam dunk number one pick, how much better is he really than what we have in the room that we couldn't get out of the room in the same year when this is the open schedule? This is the one at this is one of the few years I would say for Marcus Freeman where I'm I don't hold the championship expectation over him because one, we've never, ever, 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 ever had this playoff situation before. So that's not an excuse, but it's a good fallback to say we don't know the journey of a of a playoff and what it's like going home and away, this and that, how to prepare depth. This easy. Fall yeah. back plan. Nobody, no harm, no foul. That's why you put a, a new quarterback in there. Because the next year, there is no excuse. Oh, you should know this is what you need to get there. And now you're doing it with a first-time guy. As opposed to, all right, we done went through the ringer. This quarterback, Kenny Minchie or Steve, they developed over the year. Took us two games in the playoffs. Everybody is rallying behind them. We feel excited. Cool. We can go into next year. Expectations. This kid's a two-year starter now. A lot of games under his belt. Playoff experience. His, his young guys are playing with him now. That's a good pathway forward for the program. A one-year guy, you're telling everybody, we're winning it next year. We're all in. Chip's all in. So now the expectation, if you're not winning it, people are going to be like, why are you wasting time getting Riley Leonard? Why are you wasting time not playing these guys because all these problems that we're prolonging, kicking the can down the road? Because now the expectation is, okay, Riley Leonard, whatever happens, happens. We don't win, whatever. The next year, you can't have a quarterback go out there and look bad in your quarterback room. You just can't. That's a total failure 
of Marcus Freeman as a program if two years from now, after this Riley Leonard experiment, we don't have a quarter. We had square one with quarterbacks. Kenny mentioned can't play because he ain't got on the field long enough. CJ Carr not ready yet because he's backed up. He want to transfer. Deuce Knight looking to come in and play. He, he wondering what, what direction of the team is going. That's all the expectations you put on yourself by kicking the can down the road. So, so basically what you're saying, remove Riley Leonard. You can put a name on the nameplate and just make sure it's a one-year transfer quarterback. What you're saying, big picture, is you are clogging up the pipeline. Yeah, you're closing traffic And issues that you're going to have to deal with in the quarterback room, right? Because somebody could be playing next year, which makes CJ comfortable and which makes Deuce more comfortable when he comes in. But now waiting a year and pushing that back, now that can just not guaranteeing a championship. It's, it's all good if it's a championship, okay? Because everything okay. you do when you win, okay. We get a championship, all right. Ryan. You the man. Everything that is set up for it to be cool, and now you got something to look forward to in your quarterback. Oh hell, we had a one year guy come in here and do the damn thing. Then brought feeling great. We got good film to watch off of. Riley Leonard got all type of awards. Just a first round guy in the quarterback room. That's something to look up to. We get a guy in here that's projected to I do just, look, who knows God what. I just think it's un, I think it's unfair. Me personally, it's not unfair. Transfer, I think it's unfair to the one-year transfer quarterback that – but it is what it is, left. So it, it, it could be unfair, but it's not unfair because all parties involved know what the situation is. Like exactly. Riley Leonard knows – Because he chose this. It's, hey, it's, no, it's national championship or bust. He knows that. That's what I hope that, he exactly, knows that. Exactly I hope saying. he knows that. And who's benefiting more from this relationship currently? Riley Leonard or Notre Dame? Right now, currently, as we stand, the only person benefiting more, because there's no 50-50 relationship now, even in your relationships at home, there's a 49-51 somewhere going on. Right. Notre Dame is on the shorter end of this stick as we sit today with the perspective hope that he turns into something greater than I even think he thinks he's capable of. Because if anything, we should learn from history. We had the most decorated transfer quarterback. I think if Riley and Sam was in the transfer quarterback, uh, was in the transfer portal together, I think we would still choose Sam. Mm. If Sam didn't have this year go through, and we're basing this off of last year, and Riley Leonard and Sam are both in the portal, I believe we still choose Sam. He's more decorated. It's the it's the logical sense. So that tells me that this is a second tier. I don't care he's the best right now. He wouldn't be the best if Sam was in here. And we saw what Sam did for us. So even the most decorated, most experienced slam dunk on paper pick that you can get from the transfer portal, it didn't give us the results that we wanted. So what is getting the lesser of the two? How is that going to be better? I don't see it. Now, I see a, a better progression and a truer sense of a developed program with a Steve Angeli and a, and a, and a Kenny Minchie. Mm. Because the expectation is not necessarily a championship, 
but it's, it's the, the expectation is to see development. I mean, that's the, this is the test of your program this year. Cause it, it, it's, it, we, cause we beyond the whole baby thing. Neither one of these guys are babies. No longer. The only baby is CJ, which is good. That's what you want. None of these guys are babies. So this whole inexperienced So Kenny's, thing, Kenny's I, not a baby. He's been through he's a not. full season. Yeah. He's not talked. He said, I'm, I'm ready to go. I learned that he's not a baby, which is great because then it goes back to how, how much better can Riley be than these two guys? Come on. How much better? How much better? I don't know. Riley Leonard has, Riley Leonard hasn't done anything for us to be like, Oh, he's head and shoulders above Kenny and Angeli. How? I can see if you say Sam can say 50 games and going into record books. Right. In college foot. That's a that's a record. What record is Riley set? He just had a decently good year. Not to know the names of quarterback standards, by the way, but decently good year for a program that was starving. You talking about being hungry. You give them an ego waffle and, and, and some flank steak, they're gonna call that Thanksgiving meal. But Eggo Waffles and Flank Steak at Notre Dame, we're going to look at that probably not even eat it. Yeah. So what are we talking yeah. about? I think, man, it's a tough situation. And that's why I use the word unfair, Notre Dame fans. It's, dude, you step into a situation as a transfer, and it's like, yo, we brought you here for two or three big games. That's why you're here. Like, we can, we can win the rest of the games without you or with another quarterback. And that's tough, man. Like, it's tough. Sam Hartman was brought in for three games. Three games. And that's that's tough. That's tough, right? He went one It's and not two. easy, but he didn't have he to went, accept it either. He, he didn't have to accept it. He went one and two in those three games. And that's tough. As I look at a, an easier schedule for Riley Leonard and a totally different playoff scenario, He's probably brought in for three games, Florida State, Louisville in September, and USC, because that's just one of your major rivals. And he's going to, Riley Leonard is going to be judged on those three games. The success of his one year will be judged in Texas A&M, right? So Texas, I would probably say the three big games would be Texas A&M, Louisville, on the Get Back Revenge Tour. And then you can flip a coin with Florida State USC because Florida State's program is in flux. They might not even be in the ACC next year. They might be an independent. And you, the you greatest misconception is that he's going to play good. Duh. He's going to play good through the season because we have the better team. And most 90%, 95% of these matchups, we're the better team. So mm-hmm. Riley Leonard playing good through the season isn't discounting what I'm saying about him right now. Yeah, yeah. That's tough, man. That's I'm sure the two million that you get when you come to Notre Dame as a quarterback sure via the transfer portal. Well what's tough? It. What's unfair and what's tough? Riley Leonard is coming from a worse program. He's getting more accolades, more exposure, 
more media attention, a bigger platform, a better team around him, better coaching yeah. that's going to put him in position. He got $2 million on top of it, an easier schedule. He's going to the playoffs at Notre Dame. He's already cleared as a star. I mean, what, what, what's hard? What's hard? Bless. This sounds pretty sweet. It's probably like a, he's going to get some – you already know he's going to get a Dove deal. You know, he's going to get some right. – Right. I mean, what is not sweet about Riley Leonard coming as opposed to what's sweet for us? I look, Les, I agree, man. I man, it is it's tough. Well, I won't say unfair. That's tough. He's getting he's already getting Heisman first round pick projections. I mean, he's oh, winning facts. just because he said he's going to Notre Dame. Facts. facts. That's facts. I totally agree with you. And it's a tough situation, bro. Right? Like you said, one year. Hey man, young man, you got one year expectation expectation is it's almost like mission impossible if you choose to accept this mission yo it is what it is you don't know how tough this mission is about to be you have no clue the difficulties that exist in this mission but if you choose it hey it is what it is and riley leonard has chosen to be the quarterback at notre dame for one year with the same expectations. Here are your three games that you were brought in to win. Get us to this national championship. It is what it is. Before we switch over, man, that was a great talk about the quarterback room. We're about to hear from Notre Dame players as they prepare for the Sun Bowl, 2 o'clock against the Oregon State Beavers on Friday afternoon. And before we take the switch and get to some of your GTB questions, if you do have GTB questions, make sure you type in GTB, ask the question, or make a comment. We'll get to it towards the end of the second half of the show. I have a bone to pick with LL Nation left. As you know, I put up a poll, the LL question of the day poll. I'm amazed at how this poll turned out. And the question of the day was, uh, steaks and prime rib are best when served. And the options were medium rare medium medium well well done and other 54 percent of you said medium rare hey man i'm sorry wait medium I, what medium medium, what? Rare, medium rare one with 54 percent, bro I, one yes what's no. the age old adage you can't eat at everybody's crib I do. I could do medium, but that medium rare. Medium no rare. Sir. Like explain, explain, explain the science. Explain the I culinary do. science behind it, because you got it. Because you know, if it's good and it's better, okay. A man can try anything once, but you got to tell me what is it when it when it don't like what like for me. It's a maybe it's a it's a vision thing, it's a texture thing, Sean. You know, it's the way it got it. First of somebody. all, this is this is like somebody in the chat. Hold my shillelagh said if you uh if you eat your steak any other way, you don't have taste buds. I, I taste just want to put buzz. this out there. You do realize cult culturally speaking, you do realize that people have totally different taste buds. Like this is a scientific fact, right? So you can't prepare. Let's use chicken for example, left. 
if you're going to prepare, if you are a chef, you have to know the people that you're preparing food for. You just can't prepare food one way. So if you're frying chicken and you're frying it for an African-American family, you might want to season the chicken a little bit different than you would that, for a bear. That a natural thing? Oh, a, dude, that is a natural chicken. thing. If you're preparing a steak for someone from Texas, the taste buds might be a little bit different. Like you have to know who you're preparing it for. So to have the expectation that it's only one way to enjoy a steak of prime rib is it's like, dude, our taste buds are not linear across the board. Like my concern is a health thing. It's a health thing. I don't, I ain't, I ain't never read in no health book where it was healthy to eat it red. I, I thought it was not cooked. No, Troll Sniper said chicken is chicken. Pam, you could not be more incorrect. I, I don't know. House. I don't know what chicken you're talking about, but chicken is not chicken, chicken is my chicken? brother. Like, like no, what is, sir. What is no, that? Sir. No, sir. No, sir. Chicken is, chicken, chicken is not chicken. chicken, is not chicken <laughs> no. Bro. No. I don't even know if chicken is chicken. What? I will give what? more leniency to you messing up the steak than you messing up the chicken. If you mess up the chicken, we got some problems. We got some problems. That's funny. But, man, I was shocked that LL Nation voted medium rare as the best way to enjoy prime rib and steak. And, and dude, <laughs> it was amazing. Lucky Lefty Podcast. When we come back, we go to El Paso to hear from Notre Dame players. And uh, some great things being said, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different.